Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Conspiranormal with your host, Adam Sade, your co-host, yours truly, Luke at Duke. <laughs> What's up, Luke? You doing all right? Uh, doing all right, I guess. How's everything going since we last met? Uh, I just helped my dad build some sheds today. Just been a, and I, I you know, I work all night shifts, seven days a week, so yeah, I sleep for most of the day, so my days don't last very long anymore. Yeah, you you look a little tanned in here, man. Get, well, get, getting ready for the ladies. Uh, my tan was a lot nicer <laughs> a few weeks ago. Well, anyway, uh, what'd you think of uh, Rosemary Go- Rosemary Ellen Guiley last week or two weeks ago? You know, um, whenever I'm in the bookstore and I see like a big encyclopedia of, of anything, not even dealing with the paranormal, uh-huh. I'm thinking like, wow, somebody had to go through and chronicle all of this stuff and put this in a in a book, and yeah. like, what a pain, you know? And and that's I, I I'm I didn't read the book myself, but I'm guessing that like it's a big collection of information on like all types of, not just gin, but you know. Sure. Did you uh, see one of her all encyclopedias? Types of no, she's got no. a few of those out there. Uh-uh. I, I don't. I don't like I don't angels. Yeah, I would have caught it like at that. least a million because I, I like to go to to Pam and and you know yeah. look through there. Well, they they never have anything that I ever wanted. Yeah. Anytime I go in there, they That's never have heard. a thing. That's and, what I've heard. I could go in there and look for the Bible, and it's, they'll say, "Oh, sorry, we don't have." <laughs> yeah. That. Okay. Would you like us to order it? No, they, they've got an entire <laughs> wall of that. Trust me. Maybe that's a slight exaggeration. <laughs> well. It is a momentous occasion, Luke, because this is show number 33, mm-hmm. and as we've talked about the number 33 quite a lot in this show, yeah, I thought it appropriate tonight to bring on Adam Go Rightly for a third time. So, so he's coming on for the third time. 
on show 33. Can't get any numerologically better than that. Does the salad have grapes on it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what you overheard last time when we were taking a little bit of a break. But, uh, yeah, it's weird because we had that show, I believe, with him. Uh, We had, I think, Scotty Roberts on, I think, the next night. or, Or maybe it was him the next time. I forget the order, but uh, one of them, they both talked about the 33rd parallel and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then we had Go Rightly On, that was the second time we had him on, yeah. and then the next day, we're, we're, you know, we're, at, we're at our workplace when you worked over there, and we're pulling around around the, uh, around the Burger King, and there's a fire truck, and it's us uh, parked at the Burger King, and it's fire fire uh, station or fire uh, truck number 33 yeah well that, i don't know about a, i don't know about a coincidence that's just well you know it keeps popping up for me man so i don't know yeah, that's Maybe just cuz you or something yeah. yeah but i thought we'd bring him on and talk about some of the interesting things we're going to be talking about uh, James Shelby Downard who was uh, an author who passed away in the 90s, and uh, he wrote a lot about the Freemasons and about uh, Sounds like a downer. Masonic, yeah, <laughs> Masonic uh, conspiracies and the uh, King, specifically the King Kill 33 Degree Conspiracy. So uh, we're going to bring Adam Go Rightly on. Right on. And uh, we'll, be just, we'll just come back at the, uh, at the end to close out the show, and uh, we'll be right back on Conspiracy Normal with Adam Go Rightly. Alright, we are back on Conspiracy Normal. This is your host, Adam and Luke. I, I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> I hate it when you use that plug. Alright, well on the line, uh, we have uh, Mr. Adam Go Rightly making his third appearance on Conspiracy Normal. Adam, we want to thank you for coming back on. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me once again. And uh, it's our uh, 33rd show today. So Oh, perfect. Perfect, we're, yeah. We're going to... We're going to talk about, I thought would be like pertinent, uh, would be the King Kill 33 Degree Conspiracy. We kind of touched mm-hmm. on like the 33rd Parallel, uh, I think like the second time that you were on. And we actually had another guest that mentioned that a couple of times, so it was kind of a weird synchronicity. And mm-hmm. uh, I was telling Luke here in the, uh, in the intro that uh, the day after we had like your second interview, we were like right next to a fire truck that said number 33 on it. Luke just thinks I'm going crazy. But. Yeah, I think he's just looking for 33s everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I, just uh, wanted, yeah. I just wanted to get uh, get you on about uh, James Shelby Downard's uh, Mystical War, uh, which is a book I believe was published by you in 2008. And it's a good, like, mm-hmm. short little book. A lot, of, but as as short as it is, there's there's a ton of weirdness. So I just kind of want to dig into it. And uh, if we could kind of start with, um, you know, who James Shelby Downard was, and like what what some of his his ideas that he had. Oh boy, that's what uh, originally got me looking into the uh, book, uh, writing this book to find out more about the uh, guy, because there's a lot of uh, things out there about him, but, uh, you know, it was hard to tell if he was really uh, ever actually existed or he was a made-up character that he was like a, perhaps just a a literary uh, 
composite uh, that other authors had used to <laughs> create this whole mythology about uh, some of his ideas. And, you know, among the ideas are the King Kill 33 theory, which uh, was uh, a work, uh, King Kill 33, written by James Shelby Downard and Michael Anthony Hoffman back in the, uh, originally in the late uh, 70s, and it got uh, really uh, more circulation uh, in the late 80s through the book Apocalypse Culture, as I recall. And it posits the theory that uh, the JFK assassination was a uh, Freemasonic ritual of uh, sorts, all enacted upon the 33rd degree latter, uh, latitude and using uh, what uh, Downard called mystical toponymy, which is word wizardry, uh, and basically using different words and place names and uh, uh, power sites to uh, basically uh, kill the king, Kennedy. And uh, it was all part of this uh, Freemasonic uh, ritual that uh, brought about uh, what uh, Downard referred to as the revelation of the method. And, uh, yeah, Downard had a lot of uh, interesting... I did, so that was kind of the focus of the book, uh, to delve a little deeper into some of this stuff and to find out if indeed uh, Downard had ever actually existed. So did he, uh, did he exist? Was he a real person? Yes is my answer to you. You guys are uh, <laughs> near Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, we're in Nashville. Memphis is about, uh, it's Two about hours. a... Yeah, it's about two and a half hour drive from us. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you look on the internet, you'll see a lot of people claiming that uh, the likes of uh, Michael Anthony Hoffman and Adam Parfrey at Feral House and also a writer by the name of William Grimstad basically uh, made up the uh, Downard uh, legend because they all claim contact with him. Yep. Over the years, um, Michael Anthony Hoffman, I mentioned before, wrote the uh, King Kill 33 with Hoffman. So I started looking into that, and at first it made a lot of sense because the, some of the stories are just uh, so outlandish. Like there's a book, The uh, Carnivals of Life and Death, that Feral House published. And it was like uh, Downard's autobiography from uh, his early years, starting as a uh, child how he was uh, kind of thrust into this uh, world of Freemasonry where he became a, a victim to Freemasonry, basically, and was used as his parents as a pawn, much uh, in the same way you'll hear about these uh, folks now that claim they were products of uh, these bloodlines, these Illuminati bloodlines where they're groomed from birth to be... Uh, basically MK Ultra type victim. So that's what Downard, Downard was claiming way back when in this book, The Carnivals of Life and uh, Death. And it's uh, if you, when you read it, you're just, <laughs> some of the scenarios are crazy. He's uh, like five or six years old, and he's <laughs> battling with these guys and cops and robbers shooting guns, and somehow he always comes out uh, victorious. And you thought... It's just so damn outlandish. Uh, uh, why would somebody make this up? It's a little bit too hard to believe. Did this Downard 
really believe this stuff happened to him. Did it really happen to him? So I started, you know, looking into did Downer actually exist, and I uh, found people, you know, uh, Adam Parfrey claimed he had visited him and spent some uh, quality time, and I don't necessarily doubt uh, Parfrey, and so did Hoffman and these other folks, but I uh, traced it out a little bit more and talked to other people who had actual correspondence with Downer and got a hold of a lot of that, and I saw the mailing address of uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and he was there for a uh, period of time in in his later years for, for a lot of his... Uh, life when he's like in his 40s and 50s he was traveling around the country looking and with an airstream trailer and a colt 45 revolver by his side <laughs> uh seriously i uh, spent a lot of time in st petersburg florida and then other parts of the country and was looking for underground masonic uh caverns and paranormal sites and so there was this huge legend around him and part of it he was like uh uh, keeping his free uh, Masonic adversaries at arm's length. But in later years, he ended up living with his, uh, when he was in like his 70s and 80s in Memphis, Tennessee there, living with his uh, sister. And apparently the Downards had some family money, and that's what kind of uh, kept Downard uh, going over the years. According to Michael uh, Hoffman, uh, Downard's uh, money came from a couple places. He had these strange million-dollar certificates that the FBI gave him at uh, some point as some sort of payoff or some type of weird thing because he was adversaries with the FBI as well. I'm not sure how all that worked, but also that there there was this family money, and they kind of felt guilty for screwing him around, so he was kind of taken care of. In those later years, he lived in Memphis, Tennessee. That's where I saw the mailing address, so if it was a hoax, then the likes of Hoffman or Downard or Parfrey was living in Memphis, Tennessee at this uh, address for uh, several years, and I don't buy into that scenario, and there's photos of uh, Downard and, you know, other people that uh, talked to that corresponded to him, so it, you know, does indeed, uh, from what all I could see that he did actually exist, uh, was he a bit uh, paranoid? Was he perhaps paranoid schizophrenic? Was he part uh, genius, part madman? Maybe a little bit of uh, all of that with the guy. Uh, and, so yeah, so he interacted with these different people. He was kind of seen as a conspiracy uh, guru. He was talking about this type of... Uh, stuff that uh, also that Freemasonry was involved with the moon landing. They were, those were rituals as well and that a lot of stuff people picked up in later on in later years like uh, oh, what's the guy who's into all the moon stuff who's on, uh, his name escapes me right now, he's on Coast to Coast all the time. Oh, uh, uh, Hoagland. Richard, Richard Hoagland, Hoagland yeah. yeah. That stuff Downard was talking about many, many years ago, but the thing was, he wasn't a very good writer. He had these great ideas, but I've seen some of his self-written manuscripts, and they're very, very uh, poorly written. And that's where Michael Hoffman came into the picture in the late 70s when uh, he was at interacting with Downer. And Hoffman has stories where he and William Grinstead and other people, they'd meet in... Uh, 
St. Petersburg, and they'd hang out, uh, I guess, uh, Downard would be camping someplace in a KOA or somewhere, and he'd uh, fry him up hamburgers, and they'd talk uh, conspiracies. And that's where Downard started talking about this uh, King Kill 33 uh, conspiracy. And at one point, he gave uh, Hoffman a bunch of his material, a box of stuff related to this. Hoffman took that material, and he uh, crafted the uh, written work, the, uh, the King Kill 33. So, and you did find an obituary, too. I think you reprint that in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, a lot of this stuff I'd have to go back in the uh, book. But, yeah, I, and I kind of looked into that uh, obituary. At first, I, it seemed, okay, is this a uh, hoax? And then I looked into it uh, some more, and it was an, uh, a legit uh, obituary and traced him his uh, early years back to Ardmore, uh, Oklahoma. So what was the um, what was the like in his viewpoint the thirty the King Kill thirty three degree conspiracy and, and like, what was the importance of the uh, the number thirty three? Well, first of all, thirty three has you know it's uh, has to do with uh, Freemasonry, and so that's all part of the uh, ritual that th- things uh, you know it's it's having to do with alchemy and the Kabbalah and all these. Uh, Things in numerology that uh, you know they would use uh, certain words and numbers in this uh, ritual, which was uh, basically to bring about a uh, this, what he called the revelation of the method. And there was like three steps in this uh, conspiracy: three great alchemical works that were going to need to happen. One was the creation and destruction of primordial matter that would set things in motion. And uh, Downer suggested that was the uh, atomic bomb blast that happened in the uh, Alamogordo uh, in New Mexico uh, back in, uh, it was like uh, 1947. And so that was like the... uh, first step that it was like an alchemical working they were creating something according to downer they had this big bomb that they uh, tested it had an open space in it and basically what he was contending that uh, homunculus was placed in that and some type of entity was created through that bomb blast and that the, so that was the first part of it and they were uh, creating uh, weird creatures and setting a new eon in motion. The yeah. second second part was the killing of Kennedy, and the third part, which hasn't happened yet, was this making manifest of all that's unseen, the final act, and at this present time we don't know what it is. If indeed it <laughs> there's any uh, truth to any all of this, it may well be nuclear in nature, but uh, with, uh, with the numbers, you know, you see three happening again and again with the uh, Kennedy assassination. There was three bullets. It happened on the 33rd degree, you know, that runs through uh, Daly Plaza and Roswell and Alamogordo. It happened near the uh, triple underpass. There was three tramps that they uh, picked up that uh, some contended were behind the assassination that folks have related who know Freemasonry have related to the three unworthy craftsmen that killed uh, who was the uh, 
guy Hiram Abiff, the yeah, architect. Hiram Abiff, yeah. Yeah. At, who was the architect of Solomon's Temple, as recorded in the uh, legend of the third degree of Freemasonry. There's number three again. So three goes on, you know, you find it again and again uh, in all of this. With the bomb blast at Alamogordo, I should mention, that happened at the Trinity site. So it seems uh, the number three has great significance, and you'll see it again and again throughout uh, Downard's work. What's uh, what was the revelation of the method? What was he? What was? The, what did he mean by that? Uh, as I interpret it, uh, starting with the Kennedy assassination, a lot of these events that have uh, happened afterward, like nine eleven, like the spate of things. You could even look at the Boston uh, bombing, Sandy Hook, that. There's a mass programming processing that's going on with the human race where they started <laughs> with the Kennedy assassination. It's become more and more in your face over the years. They're just uh, programming us, processing us, getting ready for our total enslavement at the hands of them. That's one way of interpreting the uh, revelation of the uh, method. And that kind of goes into mind control, too, or as a form of mind control. C certainly, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's this uh, conditioning where uh, after a time you become uh, complacent about <laughs> the whole thing. Look at the Kennedy assassination, what uh, jarring effect that had on the uh, psyche. But now, you know, it seems to happen every few times a year now there's some great event and the populace seems as a whole are becoming more uh, complacent about these things or they're being manipulated into uh, having uh, kind of knee-jerk reaction and uh, it, you know it's used uh, uh, you know uh, perhaps to manipulate the uh, masses as far as gun control and all these other things related to these events. I think if uh, it came out now that, without a shadow of a doubt, that Kennedy was killed by the CIA or, or by the government or whoever it was, and it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald, if that just came out, people would just kind of shrug it off now and just be like, oh, oh well, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> That's been revealed to them over time. <laughs> yeah, right. they, yeah. They, they accept it now, and they're accepting they can buy into, well, okay, I can kind of buy it if the CIA might have been involved with that, yeah. And so we, we start to accept <laughs> that type of uh, gangster government. You kind of mentioned the, when I was reading the book about, you know, you had the first act, which was the Trinity explosion um, out in New Mexico, the second, which would have been Kennedy assassination in Dallas. Um even though it's not on the 33rd degree parallel, I couldn't help but think of myself, you know, because Downard was writing these things probably like from the 60s to the 80s, and I couldn't help thinking to myself that maybe 9-11 was that final act. Well, it could it could very well have been. Uh, Downard, yeah. I'm trying to remember when he died. No, I think it was the uh, late 90s. So. Yeah, I think it was like 98 is what the obituary yeah. said. Yeah, that's right. And he was still, yeah, you make a good, good point there. <laughs> Very well have been the uh, 
the act that was the making manifest of all that's unseen, the final act, as they say. Yeah, it just uh, doesn't fit in with the 33rd degree parallel, but... That doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, yeah. You know, just because it wasn't on the 33rd degree uh, parallel that it what wasn't the act. Right. Um, there's also a, link, a lot of links in the book. You I mean, you just don't talk about Dannard. Uh, you talk about the Son of Sam murders and some of those things as well. You know, what's kind of the link of some of the things that Downard uh, wrote about and also to um, events like the Son of Sam murder in particular, like what was going on with that? Well, the reason I got into that, that was more of a Michael Anthony Hoffman uh, kind of tied that into uh, uh, some of these uh, events. Uh, I guess uh, he was really looking at, uh, this was a similar type of Masonic hoodwink with the Son of Sam uh, killings and that it was... uh, tied into a lot of this mass processing with Hollywood and movies, and he kind of tied it into the movie The Wicker Man, which yeah. once once again had to do with ritual sacrifice, if anybody has seen that movie, and the theme of uh, May Day and fertility rites. And, uh, and this is not the terrible Nicolas Cage remake. <laughs> how, to get, how to get burned! How to get burned! <laughs> I haven't even seen that. I, I saw. I've yeah, seen. Yeah. Don't. Hammer, <laughs> yeah. Hammer filled. Hammer films version from uh, back in the day. So Michael uh, Anthony Hoff. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a decent uh, movie, and a lot of people relate the you know that uh, to the Burning Man festival with yeah. you know what's, what's going on uh, there. But uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, hints uh, that in letters that. Uh, Berkowitz uh, wrote uh, talking about a wicked king wicker and these <laughs> type of things. So, uh, you know, Hoffman uh, put those pieces together. As far as vast uh, conspiracies, you know, a lot of people have connected uh, the Son of Sam killings. Even uh, David Berkowitz did from uh, prison claiming years later that he had been part of this uh, vast satanic uh, underground that was connected to uh, the process Church of the Final Judgment, who was, uh, who uh, writers like Maury Terry claim was involved with uh, the Manson murderers and a whole spat of murders that, uh, murders and snuff films that uh, were directed by this group uh, that was kind of a splinter cult uh, called the Children. They were a splinter group from the Process Church of the Final Ch- Judgment, which uh, uh, allegedly uh, David Berkowitz was involved with. It, it gets uh, <laughs> it gets pretty convoluted, some of these Yeah, things. it gets pretty deep, and there's connections with Manson, too. Yeah. The, oh. whole, the whole Manson family murders and all that. Mm-hmm. And I believe too you, you you talk about in the book is that there's um a connection between like the St. Francis Hotel and what happened there in the 20s with Fatty Arbuckle mm-hmm. and I believe and that somehow connects to Elephas Levi the yeah <laughs> how you say it yeah 
Luke's yeah. familiar. Luke's familiar with Leafus Levi. Only, his only slightly. I haven't. I just skimmed through the gems of the equinox. I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> the the Cliff's Notes version. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, so there's some connections there between like the some magical workings going on there too. Yeah, according to Downer, there was uh, some type, and he talks about uh, really a group that was working uh, throughout the U.S. It was made up of, uh, as before the CIA was the CIA, members of the OSS back in the early days, and uh, gangsters and whatnot were part of this uh, basically group involved in these sex magic uh, rituals and that they recruited uh, Downard's wife, whose name was Ann Whitwer, and basically stole him from, uh, stole her from uh, Downard, and she became part of this ritual circus. But, uh, yeah, he also talks about the Fatty Arbuckle thing that was one of these magic rituals, and like you said, it, yeah, it ha- happened at the St. Francis Hotel, in San Francisco, and uh, once again, St. Francis connects to different stuff, and it was uh, Fatty Arbuckle who allegedly raped an actress whose name was Virginia Rappe, yeah. R-A-P-P-E. So once again, they were u- using this uh, mystical toponymy, they called it this uh, alchemy of words and places and names. And so as part of this rite, Arbuckle used... Uh, a wine bottle, allegedly, producing what Downard called the must of the elephant and fulfilling his role as <laughs> the chubby behemoth, <laughs> yeah. which which re- relates, uh, once again, downward to the legend of Beelzebub. Who knows what to make of all this uh, stuff, but, uh, you know, the, these type of things are utilizing a lot of this... Uh, uh, it, 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 According to Downard and Hoffman, it imprints the dreaming group mind with uh, subliminal imagery. What were some or, of the things? Oh, or, or what uh, Hoffman calls twilight language. Yeah, what, what, is, what is that concept of twilight language? That's something that I've heard uh, from another person we've had on the show, Russ Dizdar. He mentioned, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he mentioned uh, twilight language. Yeah, well, it imprints the minds with uh, what's really going on behind the scene, scenes. It's kind of, once again, that revelation of the method. You're speaking to the subconscious. So in the case of Virginia you know, Rappé, that could equate to the virgin rape in part of, as part of this uh, alchemical rite. You know, <laughs> and so uh, Twilight Language, it, uh, it's basically, once again, this big processing and conditioning by uh, using all this subconscious imagery much you know I get into the uh, movie a bit uh, eyes wide shut and how a lot of the imagery there seems to relate to uh, the movie the uh, and the book the Wizard of Oz and that uh, according in you know, the lore of uh, in conspiracy lore about MK ultra and whatnot and also the monarch mind-controlled programming. It's these type of uh, images from the Wizard of Oz and a lot of the language from the Wizard of Oz is twilight uh, language that alludes to other things that go on during the uh, programming of its victims. 
So it's almost like a very um, sophisticated form of allegory. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Um, and I want to talk about Eyes Wide Shut, too. I mean, that's... Uh, I remember watching that movie uh, when it came out on video back in the late 90s. And that was a movie that I just... I, I just... I didn't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it was a very good movie. And I just thought the plot was kind of stupid. But... <laughs> you, you've you've got me interested after reading this of watching that movie again, and especially knowing what I know now about mind control and all kinds of things like that. What, what, what's some of the things that are in that movie that makes it kind of an allegory of uh, of mind control? Well, let me uh, preface all this by saying I had uh, contacted uh, somebody when I was working on this. Uh, article and I was talking about and I was somebody who knew um, you know because I had mentioned I uh, picked out a lot of this different mind, monarch mind control uh, programming so I started networking with different folks who were in that community with victims and uh, I started hearing indeed people who had uh, seen this that were part of the uh, victim community were impacted pretty heavily a lot of the uh, imagery and the wording were triggering (laughs) their programming so they had to avoid the movie Um, Hmm. now I had looked into uh, you know I've been looking at the mind control literature over the uh, years and it was probably in uh, the uh, really in the late 80s, mid-90s, he started hearing about some of this mon- monarch mind control programming, how the uh, imagery from the Wizard of Oz was used and uh, whatnot. And, uh, you know, some people contend that uh, a, lot of, a lot of this is red hearings, that it's... Uh, 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 some of the stories coming from monarch victims are... Uh, basically there to muddy the waters and that they've been uh, given uh, they've been programmed themselves with uh, false programming you know a lot of the crazy stories you hear about uh, oh uh, George Bush turning into a shape-shifting reptilian and sm- uh, shooting smack and all of this yeah. uh, stuff so there's uh, a lot of this information seems to have been uh, intentionally planted to basically undermine <laughs> a lot of the uh, victims who came forward. But with the stories they came uh, forward with were, once again, uh, that uh, the Wizard of Oz was basically used as a programming matrix. And I saw a lot of uh, references to the Wizard of Oz in Eyes Wide uh, Shut. They were... Uh, they referred to, uh, oh boy, uh, Rainbow was referred to a lot of the times in the movie. He visited a place called Rainbow uh, Costumes, which was located uh, another shop called Under the Rainbow. And there were some strange things that uh, happened there. Uh, at one point, Dr. Bill, is, uh, that's uh, Tom Cruise's character, He's seduced by a couple of quote-unquote models, and I began thinking immediately of the presidential models. Those were the early MK Ultra victims, and uh, 
of these two models taken arm in arm, and I believe they say he has some where they are taking him, and they say where the rainbow ends. And there's a lot of those uh, again and again Wizard of Oz references in this movie. Uh, if you you watch it, you <laughs> you'll see him time and again. So I thought uh, things like that were curious. And the whole movie itself is basically about you know this weird. Illuminati uh, group and yeah. rituals that uh, go on and um, people who seem to disassociate uh, if you look at uh, Nicole uh, Kitman that's her name right Kidman yeah, yeah. yeah Kidman. She, she was uh, uh, Cruz's wife at that uh, time and she seems to be a uh, character that disassociates she has alternate personalities you know like a lot of these MK Ultra victims uh, do, and it's interesting that uh, Tom Cruise was in this movie. I mean, a lot of people think Scientology is a mind control cult, but right. also also be aware that uh, Scientology for years uh, battled with the CIA <laughs> and uh, the uh, whole psychoanalytical movement that they they were pitted against. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of all that, so. It's uh, there might have been uh, more awareness on uh, Tom Cruise's part about uh, you know what what this movie was trying to say or what this movie was uh, trying to reveal and uh, you know some could see this movie as one further step in the revelation of the uh, method of showing how, how all these mechanisms uh, work behind the scenes with mind control and. Twilight language and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, it really got my gears turning when you um, and I, I went to go actually look f- to, for the movie on Netflix. Um, and it's you know it's not on the watch now, but uh, so I can watch it again because mm-hmm. I just want to kind of look at it with a new with a new light. And I, and I know that uh, you know Kubrick, you know that was his last movie, and he yep. he died not too soon. Well, I'm mean, pretty much in like. I guess like towards the end of filming it, and so I guess there's some speculation that he had just finally revealed too much. And yeah, yeah, that's uh, supposedly the story, according to Alex Jones. And uh, how much <laughs> yeah. you want to place on him? He said the uh, day before Kubrick died, he had an argument with the uh, producers for Eyes Wide Shut over certain content they wanted removed from the film. Uh, so. Who knows what happened? I know there's two different cuts of the movie, I believe, and I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, I think there's a director's cut, as well as the you know one that was released at the uh, time. You saying it's available on Netflix? One of the uh, versions? Uh, it it used to be you used to be able to watch it like you know the instant streaming, but it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you oh, can just okay. get it. You just have to add it. I think. And, and get it that way. So I kind of want to sit down and watch it again. Uh, and it is a, it, it, it was just a very, I remember watching it and just thinking, this is a very strange movie. And <laughs> I remember thinking yeah. that there wasn't much of a payoff because you kind of had this idea about the, you know, I was really into the whole Illuminati conspiracy and everything back then. And I was just thinking to myself, really, this much, there isn't really much of a payoff because the girl dies and, and, uh, the implication is, is that the Illuminati killed her, and and but it, that just kind of fizzles out at the end. So I wonder yeah, if there's a lot more to it than that. 
Yeah, if, if you, you weren't aware of uh, a lot of the stuff I mentioned, I'd probably have the same reaction to the movie. It's like, yeah. what's the deal with this? It's very obscure and, uh, you know, gratuitous uh, stuff. And But uh, it, after I wrote that, uh, originally I'd written that article uh, uh, years before the Downer book came out, and I kind of inserted it <laughs> in there because I thought it, it, it fit, but uh, it was probably... Oh, I forget how many years, but at least 10 years ago I wrote that. And since then, if you uh, comb the web, you'll see other articles folks have written uh, pointing to other things in the movie. A lot of people have really analyzed uh, Eyes Wide Shut, even though I think I may have been really one of the first to pick up on a lot of this uh, imagery. So, yeah, you might want to uh, scan the web and put together a list and... Uh, also, you know, God, I haven't seen it since uh, it originally came out, so I probably need to watch it again in one of these days and also uh, look for the different versions because, yeah, I think there was a director's cut or a Yeah, I'd like to, I'm real curious to see that now that you mentioned that. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch yeah. that tonight during work. But uh, going, going back to an earlier topic, uh, did you ever hear allegations of Obama um, going to underground sex clubs in Chicago? No, but I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> I, I come what across do you know? I, cr- I come across some uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, that, they're probably not even there anymore. But um, there were a couple men claiming to be involved in like a wild night of uh, you know cocaine and drinking and everything with Obama back when he was a senator, and. Um, mm-hmm. One of the men is is claiming that uh, he and Obama, um, you know, did things with each other, and this was some kind of you know underground like VIP club, and uh, yeah. One of and, and one of the men died from some kind of strange death. I don't remember exactly what it was. It it was a heart attack or something. You know, heart attack seems to be pretty standard to get rid of people they yeah. don't like. Um, but the the uh, the other the. The second man involved was um, trying to put it out there and into common knowledge that you know what was going on, and he was showing newspaper articles of this man and stuff because they had just generally just erased him. You know, they just tried to erase him completely because he was threatening to come forth. You know, with the, with the the knowledge of what was going on and trying to reveal it to everybody. So it, it the, so the guy was assassinated and all of it was silenced. Yeah, I remember now that you mentioned it, hearing about some of that. Yeah, there's so much <laughs> with the advent of the Internet over the years, uh, so many of these stories trying to separate the BS from uh, the real stories. I've, I've gotten a little bit overwhelmed over the years. But it's interesting to mention that. and It, it brought up uh, what Downard was talking about, how these different uh, sex uh Rituals, how it was used by these government gangster <laughs> uh, group, and he said part of the intent uh, behind that was to act uh, with politicians, and so they would they control people in uh, power, you know. So perhaps that's uh, you know how uh, they can they control these people even when they get to uh, the presidency, like Obama. This is part of it, you know. Is it Bohemian Grove going on right now? 
Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting you should bring that up today. <laughs> Just reminded me. I, yeah, I, I was kind of following that. I'd like to go out there sometime. Uh, actually started uh, yesterday on Facebook. There's a uh, anti-Bohemian Grove uh, group that gets together. Last year they did uh, Occupy Bohemian Grove, and I was planning to go out there just more of a journalistic uh, capacity, and I didn't make it out, and I don't have... I don't think I'll have time this year, but it's uh, they're out there and they're monitoring the activities of the uh, luminaries <laughs> as they're coming in. And I got on their uh, Facebook page and uh, they're kind of mobilizing. Uh, they're sending folks out. Apparently, there's a small airport where you uh, fly into, and this is uh, it's located uh, north of San Francisco, about 50 miles. In uh, near the town of Monte Rio, which uh, has some other other interesting connections, I can talk about in a minute. But anyway, I, on the Facebook page, they're encouraging. Uh, they needed a group of some people to go out to the airport and take uh, photos, and they're encouraging folks to bring their bullhorns and to be ready there at the entrance of Bohemian Grove as uh, the folks are, uh, you know, the luminaries. The big shots, the Bohemian Grovers are uh, driving into the place. Anyway, I'd, I'd, I'm familiar with that area, and I'd like to go, uh, if I had more, uh, if I had the time right now, I'd just go out to kind of check out the uh, scene and write about it. Yeah. Well, what's the what's the weirdness about that town, that, that's, that place that you said, Monte Rio? Yeah, well, weird in the sense uh, that it uh, has to do with other... Uh, Things I've written about the uh, about Carrie Thornley and the, the group of Discordians and Robert Anton Wilson. Um, interestingly enough, uh, before I was really I wasn't quite aware. I knew Bohemian Grove was somewhere in that area, but I chronicled you know in my book The Prankster and the Conspiracy about uh, Carrie Thornley and his friend. Uh, Greg Hill, the founders of Discordianism, and Robert Anton Wilson was part of that bunch, and another writer by the name of Camden Benares. These are all published authors. And they were kind of into the hippie scene and Discordianism. Of course, you know Thornley's weird background related to the Kennedy assassination. But anyway, long story short, sort of, uh, in the early 70s, uh, they ended up in and around Monte Rio, uh, Greg Hill, the founder of Discordianism, author of the Principia Discordia, he ended up operating the movie theater there at Cinema Rio, and it was an old Quonset hut. And they basically, um, it was a uh, community project with all the hippies or whatever. He never made that much money, but he got the whole community involved with the uh, theater, and they also did... Uh, like free concerts there for the hippie uh, kids out on the uh, beach. And uh, so uh, it's funny, during a period around 72, Robert Anton Wilson was nearby. He was like five miles away in a town called uh, Rio Nido, and uh, Camden Benares was at the, uh, he ran the post office in uh, Camp Meeker. This is all within a few miles of Monte Rio, so... You know, these are the guys, Wilson and Thornley, who kind of started, helped uh, 
revive the Bavarian Illuminati mythos. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it's strange that, and they, you know, doing pranks about it, and that written quite extensively about this. They even uh, Wilson and Thornley planted a letter, really a hoax in Playboy, when uh, Wilson was the editor there, claiming that the uh, Bavarian Illuminati was all, behind all the major major political assassinations, and it seemed to plant some sort of magical or pushed a magical button. All of a sudden, uh, folks on the left, the liberal left and the uh, conservative right, were talking about uh, the the Illuminati. <laughs> you see how this has evolved over the year. I'm not saying that uh, it's all because of uh, Wilson and uh, Thornley, but they had a big part in reviving this Illuminati mythos, and they were right there in the heart of... Uh, supposedly where the Illuminati meet every year. When I brought this up to uh, Robert Anton Wilson uh, years later, uh, around 2003, he seemed sort of uh, perplexed. He, <laughs> he wasn't aware of the uh, connection, which uh, seems odd that he wouldn't uh, know that that's where the, they meet at Bohemian Grove, that he was uh, living right in that area for a while. And, or some claim that Wilson was uh, uh, ahead of, uh, in, you know, the head of the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. So in, anyway, that's the weird connection to uh, Monte Rio and Discordianism and this whole uh, uh, Illuminati mythos and what goes on at Bohemian Grove every year. I wanted to ask you, Adam, too, uh, something that's an con interesting connection in the book uh, about the star Sirius. Mm -hmm. That seems to come up a lot. Um, yeah, so and the, these, uh, these uh, the dog days of Sirius, they're coming up here. Uh, yeah, very soon. Short, shortly. Yeah, and it kind of, uh, I think it, uh, this Bohemian <laughs> Grove meeting uh, commits, or by the end of it is when they uh, start. It's usually around July 23rd through, uh, goes into uh, August, and, you know, they say a lot of ritual stuff goes on, bad, some bad ritual, <laughs> good ritual, whatever. Some of the bad things are like the Manson family murders happen during that period, August. 8th and 9th, and a lot of, if you get out a uh, calendar look, you'll see a lot of high weirdness going on around those dates. And uh, Downard, uh, really the first mention of Downard uh, in, uh, really in pop culture was, once again, Robert Anton Wilson um, talked about him. Wilson, oddly enough, had his own experience on, uh, it happened on July 23rd in, uh, I think it was 73, he had been uh, dab dabbling in Crowleyan uh, rituals and the uh, one called the Invocation of the Holy Guardian uh, Spirit, and, uh, and dabbling with psychedelics as well, and on July 23rd of, I, get, I think it was 73, he invoked an entity that uh, he believed was from the uh, star system Sirius. And during that same period, uh, I'm not sure if I write about, about it that much in the Downard book, but during that same period, uh, 
Philip K. Dick was having experiences with denizens from uh, Sirius, as was, uh, who else am I forgetting? There's a, there a few others. There's a, uh, there's had, a uh, British writer, uh, what was her name? Doris Lessing. And uh, as well as a lot of the other uh, psychonauts of that period, Timothy Leary and... Uh, John Lilly, though they didn't call them entities from Sirius, they were uh, having uh, contacts with otherworldly beings, or so they uh, said. So there's a lot of energy going on uh, during that period. Now, I guess the reason I brought this up, the first mention of Downard in pop culture that I really ever saw was uh, Robert, Robert Anton Wilson. Sorry. Yeah, Robert Anton... Robert Anton Wilson, uh, in like in the mid seventies, uh, was uh, received some tape recordings called the Sirius Rising tapes, and it was basically uh, tapes that uh, uh, discussions between uh, William Grimstad and uh, James Shelby Downard. <laughs> uh, and it was like a twelve part series of tapes, this extensive thing where Downard got once again got into a lot of the connections, the Freemasonic connections with the moon landings and all this odd stuff. And uh, uh, since that time, nobody's been able to get a hold of these tapes. I've been in contact with William Grimstead over the years and tried to see if he'd be, uh, what, what, what the status was of the tapes. And he said he has them on old reel-to-reels and it would be quite an effort to get them transferred over to the new technology and I said well I'd even be willing to uh, uh, take them off your hands uh, if the price was uh, seemed right and he said well I've already promised them to a couple other people so uh, maybe someday they may or may not uh, see uh, you know be released who knows were these but, things that were passed around through different people well well, it was tapes that uh, Grimstad had uh, released, <laughs> and I don't know if he was selling them, but it was like, uh, you know, just during that time period, then uh, they're not available anymore. I'm sure people have copies of them, but I haven't been able to track some down, so I don't think they were widely uh, circulated, from what I can uh, tell, but, uh, and uh, so... Who knows, but so as I was looking into a lot of this stuff, I noticed searching the uh, web one day, and I noticed uh, Michael Anthony Hoffman had a uh, tape that he was uh, selling at one time uh, of, uh, with Downard, <laughs> of uh, Downard uh, talking about it, different theories and whatnot. I thought, oh, holy crap, that's interesting. And apparently it was just limited for a uh, short period of time. I don't know what the deal was. So I contacted uh, Hoffman about it. He said, oh, I, I still have a tape available. Uh, and I thought, you know, he'd uh, send, send me a copy for free, you know, since I was writing a book on Downer. But he ended up charging me kind of a, I thought, exorbitant uh, cost for a tape. Actually, it was the uh, MP3s. 40 or 50 bucks. I thought, oh, I, I got to hear this. So anyway, I got them from him, and part of the agreement was they're not to be shared with anybody. 
And uh, so anyway, I have these MP3s of Downard, and it's quite fascinating hearing the man uh, talk, <laughs> hearing the, the southern drawl of this uh, crazy character uh, sharing all his different uh, theories. What's a, like is an idea of like what's on the tapes? Uh, it's interesting that he doesn't want that shared. I... Well, I think I think if he want if he's you could probably purchase it from him, but uh, okay. perhaps he wants to profit off these. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, it's, uh, uh, gosh, it's been a while since I uh, listened to them, uh, but uh, he talks, uh, part of it, he's talking about his uh, his wife, who was the uh, called the great whore, who they, <laughs> uh this, uh, you know, the uh, sex uh, magic ritual uh, group that uh, lured politicians and whatnot in to be blackmailed and have these called the chaos rights. He talks about his wife, and he mentions her name. That was the first time I had heard her full name, and it's Anne Whitweir. He hadn't seen that written about anywhere. So there's little nuggets in there like that that people, if they even wanted to get in uh, to researching about Dan- Downard, they could look into Anne Whitwear and find out more about uh, her as well. You know, I think uh, I'm not sure. I think I might have heard these tapes after I uh, wrote the uh, book, so I'm not sure if I mentioned uh, her name in the uh, book. I might have, but uh, so you know, there's there's different uh, stuff. It's the ba- the MP3s. I guess it was from a tapes. So it's probably 60 minutes of. Uh, Stuff and I'd have to. It's been a couple of years since I'd uh, yeah. listened to them, but uh, let me get back to you on that. Okay. Let me ask you something, Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you practice sex magic yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe we all. Maybe we all do in a certain sense. However, you want to uh, characterize whatever sex magic is. But no, right. I haven't. At least <laughs> not in the uh, not in the technical uh, sense. Okay, I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, he's really yeah. got he's he's really gotten into studying that lately. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm reading a few books. I haven't really made it all the way through them yet, but um, it's pretty interesting. I never know what he's going to ask Adam, so you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, oh no, I'm just... no! It's 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 an interesting uh, subject area. What what's your overall thoughts this far on it? Uh, well, Lucas? um, I I see the potential for manipulating certain aspects of your life. Uh, you know that that you could normally um, reach that level of, of of power. You know, just using your own will and stuff. You know, uh. Hold on, let me let me start from the beginning. I I get it all blurred and mixed up. Um, I I see it as just as as a way to accumulate this kind of ethereal power, and then mm-hmm. you can you could use that in certain aspects of your life for manipulation, because um, it's all about getting into a certain mind frame, and once you're in that mind frame, you can accomplish so many more things that you could. Uh, normally, because you know that's that's what a lot of magic practice is about, is getting into the right mind frame, so that you can um, 
accomplish certain tasks at hand, and it seems to be like it. It seems to have an effect on. It, it has like a domino effect. You, you see what I'm getting at here? I, I, I'm not the best at explaining mm-hmm. things, but um, yeah. If if it starts to manipulate one aspect of your life, it seems to have a domino effect on all the people involved. Uh, whenever you start messing around with with that sort of thing. Well, there's the uh, left-handed path and the <laughs> right-handed path, and you know it, uh, a lot of this came out of tantric uh, sex, which uh, R- right. That's ba- that's ba- basically I- just yeah, trying to channel that uh, energy and utilize that for some type of uh, will to power, or, uh, you know. Right. Yeah. You, you do. You do have to be like consciousness. You, you would have to become like a master of Tantra first, um, which, you know, mm-hmm. all of these people that have all of these resources, all these funds, you know, that all this access to information. And I try to tell some of my friends is, you know, if you have money, you have access to knowledge. And uh, a lot of these high-standing yeah. political figures, they, they have all of this money, they have all of this knowledge, they, they know, you know, they're... They can hire uh, people to uh, coach them whatever they need. You know, they're part of these underground groups like you're talking about, and um, you, you know, it's, it's not it's not far it's a, a far reach to say that they are, they would be masters of tantra. So, oh, you lost him. Hey, I think the Syrians cut us off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting it into some heavy uh, stuff there. Uh, um, what Robert Anton Wilson, what they were inferring or uh, suggesting in like the Illuminatus uh, trilogy and at the Adi uh, uh, was really to do with the uh, Kundalini uh, powers, the serpent powers, and when you fire off those higher circuits, you'll know the uh, secrets of the Illuminati. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. My, my brother's uh, kind of the authority on the whole Kundalini yoga subject. Mm-hmm. Adam, what do you think about all the, the downards ideas, and uh, what do you think of all the stuff? Do you think there's anything to it, or do you think it's more like a, just an interesting thing to study, or there, or the, the guy was just just kind of crazy? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> it seems like uh, something resonates there with these theories. with the Illuminati. Hey, uh, wonderful world of Skype. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we we just missed all of that. (laughs) It just just keeps disconnecting us. Yeah, yeah. Must have hit a nerve with the Illuminati, I said. I think so, yeah. Uh, so, Adam, uh, before we go, I mean, what uh, what are you working on now? What what's like? What's next for you? Um, boy, a few things. Uh, 
right now um, I have a book on the uh, history of Discordianism that okay. that is in the phase where they're laying out the uh, book and uh, right now I'm just going back and forth with the uh, publishers that are sending chapters to me and I'm reviewing them because there's a lot of uh, graphics and images and different uh, materials in there so it's uh, kind of a complicated uh, project as far as, a, uh, you know, got to put in a lot of captions and identify what's this and how it relates to this part of the uh, book. And then there, there's just a lot of uh, different cool materials, like the first edition of the Principia Discordia, which no one has really ever seen except for a handful of people. That's going to be part of this uh, book. So right now we're in kind of the layout mode and uh, getting it completed and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be, you know, uh, just talking to the publisher, maybe uh, two or three months down the road it'll be uh, available for folks. So that's that's one of the things I'm working on now. Uh, I think that book, I think you put out like a video where you showed that, that book. Ah, yes, yes, I did. Made a couple of uh, videos. I wanted to start getting the uh, kind of message out there about uh, this uh, project and also to kind of uh, set the record straight, so to speak, because there's a lot of uh, uh, bad information out there about the uh, history of the Principia Discordia, so... uh, Trying to, you know, kind of set the record straight uh, type thing and also get some interest going. At, yeah, so people go to YouTube and I think that there's a, a couple of uh, videos if they uh, plug in Go Rightly, uh, Principia Discordia, then they can uh, check out those videos to uh, uh, get a little more background on what I'm talking about. And Adam, where can everybody get your books and... Uh... Where where's where's all that available? Uh, AdamGoRightly.com or just go to Amazon. And I've also released some music too. I, I have a uh, album I just put out called Psychedelic Secret Agent. Nice. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> and uh, I need to get more. Uh, kind of updating the links to my website so gosh I, I have all that stuff on uh, people would go to uh, do a search if they're interested in the music I also have some videos out there but they can go they do a uh, god I should have <laughs> the web address but it's at band Bandcamp. Uh, if you search for Adam Go Rightly in Bandcamp, I have all my albums there and I've also been working with this guy, Floyd Anderson. He does a lot of cool conspiratorial videos and whatnot. He's taken uh, some of my uh, music and made some uh, music videos, which are pretty cool and crazy. Yeah, I think I've seen one of those. Yeah. (laughs) One called uh, Human Stew, which is kind of a... uh, that was it. ...kooky one. It's about (laughs) the invasion of uh, UFO knots, so he uses a lot of footage from some of the classic... uh, 50s uh, movies, so it's a lot of fun. So that's one of the things I've been up to. And uh, yeah, there's a few book projects uh, in the works as well. So uh, yeah, this keep uh, dialed into my uh, 
friend me at Facebook or uh, the website adamgorightly.com or the blog, which is uh, gorightly.wordpress.com. Well, Adam, we want to thank you for coming on again. You're always excellent, always informative. Yeah. And once you get the Prince of the Discordia book out, we'd love to have you back on. Oh, super, yeah. Hopefully about the that history will... of Discordianism. Yeah, hopefully that'll be uh, not too far in the distant uh, future. Excellent. Well, if there's anything you want to ask Luke or you uh, want to say? Well, I guess until next time. Okay. Well, we're going to go to break. And uh, Adam, just stay on the line with us. We'll be right back on Conspiracy Normal. Okay. Let's go get some pounders and some slam pigs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, man. We are back on Conspiracy Normal. And uh, as usual, you know who I am. You know who this guy is yes, over stop here. Stop doing that. <laughs> Everybody knows who we are by now. We don't have to tell them. Uh, really good interview with Adam Go Riley. Yep. Always awesome to have him on the show, man. I am. Uh, very, very, very was impressed. Some high weirdness. Yeah, there's definitely some, always some high weirdness with him. So, uh, next week, we're just gonna do this, cut this short. Uh, we're gonna, well, next time, actually, in two weeks, we're gonna have on the bishop, Bishop James Long. He is, uh, of the paranormal clergy, I believe is what they're called. And we're gonna talk to him about exorcisms. Oh, and that should be, I think, an interesting show, as usual. So, think of some stuff you want to ask about exorcisms. Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> well, without further ado, guys, we want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Adam Go Rightly. And we're gonna just call it a night and uh, go get some slam pigs. Go get ourselves some psychoactives. All right, y'all have a good <laughs> night, and come us next time on. Conspiranormal! Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.